Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello, welcome to Broken Records, the spin-off podcast from the Riot Act Network. Riot Act is, for those of you what don't know, an alternative music podcast starring me, Stephen Hill, and featuring him, Renfrey Deadman. Hello, Renfrey. There's that star How in you featuring doing? again. I can't. Yeah, yeah. No, well, you know, I think accuracy as you, you're, you're a pedant like me, so it's good to be accurate. Mm. You all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. How are yeah. you doing? I'm all right, thanks, mate. I'm all right. I um, should say, uh, this isn't right act, though, because do want to go over and listen to us on every Friday and putting up various little reviews and stuff on right act, including one that we do. We do all kinds of things from the world of alternative music. This week, we're putting up a review, which really should be here on this show, to be honest. We're putting up an album, which a review of an album, which should really be right to be on Broken Records, where we search for the worst album ever made. It will surprise none of you to know that that is a new album by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which um, I'm going to say it's a spoiler straight. It's much worse than this, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it's much worse than what we're talking about today. Yeah. Much yeah. worse. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, like I say, this is where we look for the worst album ever made. And as you know, by my proclamation that this is worse than the new Red Hot Chili Peppers, or the new Red Hot Chili Peppers album is worse than this. These albums that we cover here on the show, they are not down to me and Renfrey sitting down and putting together our hit list that we want to do a hatchet job on. Um, they are compiled from reputation, critical standing, fan reaction, disastrous album sales, some sort of weird other thing. This week very much definitely is a weird other thing because we are going to be talking about Shine On by Jet, the second studio album from the Australian retro rock revivalists released on the 30th of September 2006. Before we get into that record, I will run down the flop 20. As I said, we've now 70, 77 albums that we've covered. Yeah. Renfrey. A lot of bad There's music. A lot, of stuff we're, a lot of stuff we're missing out on down the down all the way down there shit that really isn't going to get mentioned for a very very long time but i will do the flop 20 these are the worst 20 albums that we have covered on the show thus far mr blobby the album is number 20 sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band the original soundtrack to the movie owen quigg with the ogden quigg graveyard classics volume 2 by six feet under testify by phil collins blood sweat and towers by towers of london hard to swallow by vanilla ice the rebirth by little wayne cut the crap by the clash angelic to the core by Corey feldman philosophy of the world by the shags asshole by gene simmons total zanarchy by little zan blood on the dance floor with bad blood the methods of mayhem self-titled debut album the true symphonic rockestras concerto and true minor double wide bunkle cracker crazy frog presents crazy hits broken side i'm not a fan but the kids like it an album which i still cannot fathom is not number one because number one is my teenage dream ended by farah abraham and unranked i always like to give a little shout out a little tip of the hat to the wonderfully mad world of chinese democracy with its uh 
<laughs> endless parade of nonsense that was a fun episode that really was a fun episode genius and nonsense i would say were both yeah. involved in that in the creation of that record yeah musical brilliance and chicken coops together at last <laughs> uh anyway we're definitely going to be speaking about neither of those things i think we're more likely to be speaking about chicken coops than we are musical geniuses to be honest because we're talking about jet as i said shine on released on the 30th of september 2006 now jet if you're above the age of about 20 you remember jet don't you woman jet be woman no that's not them um spread your love like a fever yeah you remember that that's that's not them either i wanna get free i wanna get free that isn't them either no harmonic generator intermodulator <laughs> that's that's not them either oh my life something in america that is them that is them yeah that was them no it wasn't really are you gonna be my girl i think 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 that was jet that was jet yeah all the same band essentially but one of them was called jet beautifully (laughs) illustrated this period in i'm gonna call it rock music but i don't know if it's really fair to call it rock music but a very subpar guitar driven music that was being released at this particular time there was an awful lot Mm -hmm. of bands who really sounded alike a lot of bands who released um like one single which became massive i'm thinking the automatic uh monster or um even the rasmus i guess i don't know if you put the rasmus in with this lot but i mean i would in 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 as much as the rasmus were fucking awful in in that respect we've got a rasmus album in the yes we have we we have yeah 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 yeah. Uh, sorry i shouldn't have she said spoiler alert shouldn't i <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert the rasmus are rubbish yeah but yes you're right to point out where we're back in familiar territory back in what i like to call the worst time for popular music in history the indie landfill garage rock true rock revival years of the mid noughties again i feel like about 50 percent of the episodes we do are like sophomore albums from these fucking bands we do talk about them quite a lot yeah we talk about them a lot and if you're going oh what you're going to do the same thing again now normally i might go yeah yeah you know what you know what you guys take a week off skip this week the podcast is there if you really want to listen to it but skip this week because it's going to be more of the same all the shit we said about Razorlight, all the shit that we said about the vines all the shit that we said about um uh the pigeon detectives we're probably gonna say all that stuff again so look if you if if, if, we we won't be offended if you skip it but weirdly this week there is a different story to be told from this album because it really does come down to one particular thing why this record's in here but we'll get into that in a little bit all i'm trying to say is it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit different this week and there's some fucking amazing shit amazing shit surrounding this record not even this record but the reaction to this record so that's that's where we're going with this um let's fill in a few of the blanks jet were from australia as i've already said they formed in 2001 in dingley village on the outskirts of melbourne australia hey mate you're going down to dingley village to the rock and roll show i'm going to dingley village later mate oh yeah who's mate you fucking jet are playing oh yeah what do they sound like oh all the things like the fucking Beatles and fucking ACDC mixed together. Yeah. Just 
You can imagine it, can't you? There you go. That was a that was not real life re- recording of the time. That was my interpretation of it. I'm but really it was so ac- so accurate, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think a lot of people might have thought that we just dropped in a sort of uh, field recording <laughs> from the time. Yeah, um, mate, <laughs> you're going to the fucking jet show tonight, mate. <laughs> They're playing the Wallabaloo Winkabout Creek. <laughs> What song are they going to do? They've got a new song called fucking Riff Slag. <laughs> or something. It's a girl, something about a girl and something about being rock and roll. <laughs> fucking all the songs. All the songs. We do have a fair few listeners in Australia, so my humble apologies. <laughs> Please do confirm that that was what it was like at the time. <laughs> it's, good that they weren't, it's good that they weren't from New Zealand, because otherwise they would have been called Jit. Jit. <laughs> Jit. All right. Murray, present, jit, present. <laughs> Good reference. Yes. Tonight? <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to see jit. <laughs> you mean you're going to see jet, jit? J I. There's that one guy, isn't there? Flight of the Con- anyway, we're not in a new flight of the Concords. Although that would have been much more, yeah, <laughs> would have been fun. much more exciting. So yeah, they're from Dingley Village in uh, Melbourne, <laughs> Australia. Um, apparently, Renfrey now apparently their dad so it's basically they had brothers jet were brothers um oh i didn't know that okay yeah a guitarist and vocalist nick kester or chester i guess but without an h and drummer chris chester so a bit like pantera and the black crows and oasis or van halen and uh, some other bands that are far far better than them they had brothers and apparently when they started a band it was because the two brothers used to listen to their dad's collection of uh rock records from the 60s and 70s well i didn't get that from listening to jet at all <laughs> he says sarcastically i imagine jet were big fans of the rolling stones or jets or their dad was a big fan of the rolling stones jet's dad <laughs> jet's dad jet's dad just did it's fucking jit's old man is coming down mate it's <laughs> got his Creedence clearwater revival vinyl with him Gonna fucking stick that on and have a fucking party. Yeah, quite. He definitely owned Rolling Stones records and Beatles records. That's definitely, definitely the case. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jet's dad uh, is maybe to blame for all of this. That's his name. That's his name. Jet's dad. Jet's dad. Now, funnily enough, um, that's not loads of information about jit um uh on on the internet and how they kind of got together and what happened really i mean there is but unfortunately it kind of reads like a a press release like their wikipedia page kind of it undermines itself quite a lot so um after one of their early tours in australia they were seen by dave powell of the management company major box who signed them citation needed <laughs> they released an ep in 2002 called the dirty suite and pressed a thousand copies and sold out immediately citation needed. <laughs> <laughs> the nme picked up a copy of the ep and praised it citation needed and electra records signed the band this did happen but is it off the strength of the ep well renfrey it won't surprise you to learn citation needed so <laughs> Whether or not any of that is true. I mean, look, Jet did form. Jet's dad did say, go out and be a, listen to my records and go and be a band. And Jet did go and tour and they did release an EP and they did sign to Electra Records. But 
all seems a bit, you know, for a band who sold a lot of records and quite quite famous for a time, seems a bit kind of a lot of flim flam surrounding like how they actually got on that label. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't know if I was expecting loads more information than that. Um, I mean, prior to doing this, I didn't even know Jit had made it to three albums. Um, Mm. I know this is their second, but I didn't know they'd made it uh, beyond that. Yeah, doesn't doesn't seem like there's many people who care about the accuracy of the information. Certainly, no, no really. one cares enough to bother. No one gives a shit to enough get, to go to get a did quote the enemy. From the enemy you yeah, know. did the enemy actually like this? Yeah. They still they did sign to Electra Records, so that somehow happened. It's definitely true. That is definitely true. Uh, so yeah, they had that one EP out, which I haven't heard. Um, Neither have I. I don't know what it sounds like. Can I have a good guess? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a good educated. I've got a really good idea of what it sounds like despite not hearing a single note from it. I think I know what it sounds. I think they're albums that I've owned for 10 years <laughs> and I know less what they sound like than I know what this Jet EP that I've never heard sounds like. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Mm, yeah, probably. Um but anyway, Jet were packed off from uh, Australia to America having they, signed with Electra Records. They got in a Jet he got in jit got in jit got in a jit and <laughs> this is a silly and episode that, that shouldn't that shouldn't be that funny this is ridiculous no. that that's, i find I, and i'm i'm i find it really funny i'm just gonna say to you everyone i'm really sorry i find this really funny i find that saying jit i find it really funny and i can't help it it's not i mean it's probably not that funny to most people or anyone but it's got. It's, I find it funny, and Renfrey's gone sort of red. So I think he finds Renfrey basking in the glory of his first joke. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I I jest. It is good just, though. Jit. <laughs> I just. I'm jesting about jit on the jit. Um, anyway, the band went to Sun, Sunset Sound Studios in LA. To record with Dave Sardi from mm. Park Market. <laughs> we've spoken about Dave Sardi a bunch of times. Yeah. Tell you what, we've never brought Jet up before, have we? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> we've never brought... That seems like a gross oversight on our part. To talk about Dave Sardi lots and lots of times. You know, with his work with Park Market and Far and Oasis. To never bring up Jet. Yeah. Yeah. What were we thinking? Well, quite. Um, well, that's something that we can remedy right now, isn't it? Absolutely, right now. Um, so, the Dave Sarty's great, right? He's Fantastic. fucking great. He's fucking great. He's like proper fucking great. And Bart Market are amazing. I, I think mean, probably most well known for creating a really kind of buzzsaw guitar sound, a really, mm. really intense guitar sound. Actually. What on this album? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm saying what Dave Sardi is generally known for, mm-hmm. which I have to admit doesn't seem to be on. Um, did, he didn't do this record. He did the one before. He did the first record, did he? He did. He did both. Of he them. did both. Right. Okay. Hmm. He yeah. did both. So he obviously not paid a lot or he like Jet. I find one of those things fairly sort of easy to believe. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I will say this. This album doesn't sound 
bad. So, no. you know, that might Thank be... Thank you, Dave Sardi. That might be down to Dave Sardi, yeah. It's not a bad-sounding album, so... But it, but, but it doesn't have a lot of the hallmarks... Of Dave Sardi's work. Of Dave Sardi's work, which doesn't make it bad, necessarily, but, yeah. But anyway, um, they went to LA uh, to record their first album with Dave Sardi. Imagine this, Renfrey, halfway through recording their debut album... They were personally contacted by the Rolling Stones and asked to go out and open for the Rolling Stones. Citation needed. <laughs> really needed in that case. In, in this instance. That is definitely needed. Very needed. Like, Jet probably did go and open for the Rolling Stones. But I don't think Mick Jagger phoned up Jet one day and they're like, Hello, Jet's dead. Oh, is that Mr. Jet? Oh, Mr. Jet, I've... You know, I've heard the EP from your band, man. Get him on tour with me, man. No. Don't believe you. No. Don't believe you. I don't believe that happened. So, yes. Citation needed. Yes. Very much needed. Oh, wow. If Jet want to come back and do a fourth album, they could call it Citation Needed, couldn't they? That'd be good. (laughs) Citation Unwanted. (laughs) for your fucking music um but yeah so they did go out and tour with the rolling stones before they had an album out the powers of being on a major label mm. yeah quite you know what i mean rolling stones you haven't got an album out you're touring with the rolling stones but that, that like there's so many questions to be asked there because like how did mick jagger find out about them uh was he really interested did the rolling stones even know that they were bringing jet on was it like were they on the same label uh, I see it's Capital for Shine On here. I, I don't know. I don't even know what label Rolling Stones They're on Electra. They're on Electra before. Okay. Yeah. Lots of questions. Lots of lots unanswered of questions. questions. Mm. Lots of unanswered questions. I think what we're saying is citation needed. <laughs> um, <coughs> the band's debut single, uh, the aforementioned art. This is where you can talk about it, Renfrey. Are You Gonna Be My Girl came out in right. August 2003 and was an absolute smash hit, as I'm sure you're aware. It reached number 16 in the UK singles chart, number 29 in the United States of America, sold 600,000 copies in the UK and 500,000 copies in the US. That is a million copies, just in those two territories, <sighs> of that one song. Mm. So do you want to talk about that song now so we can get out of the way? Well, from what I recall... The reason why it did so well is because it got onto one of the iPod adverts. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, certainly made a very good, colourful advert. And for the thirty seconds that it plays on the advert, uh, it sounds like a pretty decent indie rock tune, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the song itself became so ubiquitous so quickly and you just could not escape it. I I mean, I, what's my relationship with that song now? Indifference, really. Just total indifference. I don't even think it's a bad song, particularly. It's not just been used on the iPod advert as well, though. In the years since, it's been used on every... Like, I'm sure Soccer AM played it a bunch, I'm sure they have. But, like, loads of crap TV shows, adverts wedding bands do you know what i mean like it is one of those songs that is just fucking everywhere and when people talk shit about mr brightside like i get it because god fuck me do i never want to hear mr brightside ever again either but i I sort of look at mr brightside and they go at least that's kind of was good once you know i've listened to are you going to be my girl i mean i listened to it i put it on myself before we started recording this 
I don't know why I needed to remind myself of it, but I just thought, like, what's what am I going to do when I hear it? And I put it on, and I was like, I just, I can't. All I can hear is a thousand fucking Cornetto ads, or yeah. you know, some guy in his in a skateboard, his baseball cap backwards, eating the coolest brand of chewing gum, or do you know what I mean? Or like, Jimmy Carr presents the hundred funniest car crashes. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just that's all it is now. It's just it's just absolute advertising fodder, mm. and I can't get that out of my mind. And I also like, like you say, is it a bad song? Not, it's not a bad, 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 bad song, no. but it's certainly not a good song. It's, it's not certainly great, no. far from a good song. I think it's relatively rudimentary. It's a relatively... Yeah. And that's fine. And that's okay. It's, uh, it's it's not a terrible song at all, but it's nothing particularly special. Um, obviously, though, you know, with, the, with getting that kind of coverage, uh, it is their biggest song. I have literally just checked Spotify. Now, we've had oh, some... I, I am shocked. <laughs> we have had some pretty, pretty significant um, distances between the most popular song on Spotify and the second most popular song. This might, might be the biggest one. Yeah. Do you want to do, do the honesty? Jesus Christ. So, are you going to be my girl... So the second, let's do the second biggest song first. So look what you've done. Don't remember that. Yep. I do remember the third biggest song, "Cold Hard Bitch." I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second. Because you are one. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> look what you've done has ha- has had sixty five million one hundred sixty six seven hundred twenty six listens on Spotify. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That is a lot. To be fair to me, the yep. fucking that is a hell of a lot. Um, are you going to be my girl? Has had. 395,205,736 that's, that's 330 million <laughs> yeah. more than their second biggest song that must be the largest like discrepancy we've had must have that it? we've covered i mean i'm trying to think so of like who's a really big one hit wonder that would that surely has only had has one song on Spotify that people fucking like. Like Babylon Zoo won't have had 300 million, like nearly no. 400 million listeners. No. Nowhere fucking near. Um, I mean, you think of other things like Saturday Night by Wig. I'm going to... Do people listen to Saturday Night by Wigfield? Probably not. What, in Let's 2022? Look, I'd be really curious uh, to know. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, this so feels like I. a detour uh, worth going down. <laughs> well, Wigfield's second biggest song has 11 million. Saturday uh, Night has 75 million. Wow. So it's nowhere near as big. No discrepancy and that's Wigfield (laughs) (laughs) she's the discrepancy queen yeah the queen of I mean I'm gonna I'm just thinking like off the top of my head this probably won't be as many looking at Vienna by Ultravox it's not even their biggest song on Spotify mental Um, so yeah Uh, I I, I'm out I tried two artists. Can't be bothered to try anymore. <laughs> Wigfield and Ultravox, though, you know the go-to, Those are the, the two, <laughs> the main two, aren't they? When you think of Jet, when you think of Jet, you think of Ult- you then go the Jet, Ultravox, Wigfield. They're the main ones. I'm just wondering um, if I should check the Rednecks. <laughs> that's a good shout, actually. That is a good shout. Um, uh, is it Red N E X? It is. Yeah, I'm quite delighted that. Uh, Vienna is not the biggest ultra rock song as a little aside and Dancing with Tears in My Eyes is because that's a better song I think Dancing with tears in my eyes Looking for a memory Do you like that song? 
don't know what it is. Do I, I, I no idea what what you're okay, going on fine. about. As per fine, Ultravox. Uh, so, Cotton Eye Joe, the second biggest song is The Spirit of the Hawk. Which I is it really? Say. It's not. I would have thought it would be Old Poppin' and Oak. Old Poppin' and Oak, Old Poppin' and Oak. No. Oh, no, no. It is, it is Old Poppin' and Oak, but only just. Yeah. Only just. Right. 13,421,923. Whereas mm-hmm. Cotton Eye Joe has 226,149,420. It's still not as many as Still Jet. not as many. That is, that is huge. That is mm-hmm. huge, but it's still not the uh, as big a discrepancy as that. I just realised the Rednecks album was called Sex and Violence. I didn't know that. What's wrong with that? That's just funny as a title, yeah. Sex and Violence. <laughs> what the fuck yeah. does that mean? But yeah, brilliant. Well, you know what it means. You know what sex is and you know what violence is. <laughs> just seems a bit random, that's all. It right, is a bit random. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to talking about Jet. Now we've spoken about their song. <laughs> we've got not a lot got a lot else to talk about. That is a massive discrepancy. It's a big, big song. So anyway, uh, a month later, their debut album, Get Born, came out in September 2003, getting, broadly speaking, worse reviews than the album that we're about to talk about broadly oh, speaking interesting. Uh, still it went to number one in their native Australia peaked at number 14 in the United Kingdom peaked at number 26 in the US Billboard 200 went eight times platinum in Australia uh, it went Crumbs. platinum in the US went platinum in the UK went platinum in Canada and sold four million copies worldwide four million copies worldwide that is a lot, right? Uh, it, says a, won... it says a lot about the um, how cool Apple were at the time, because I really do think many, many, many of those numbers are down to that advert and that advert alone. I really mm. do think it had that much of an impact, and uh, that's quite... I mean, I'm absolutely stunned. I'm looking at the page here, and they released five, al- uh, five singles from Get Born, apparently. Mm. I thought they only had mm-hmm. one song. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mad. Absolutely mad. Um, they won the best rock video at the 2004 MTV Music Awards. That was for Are oh, You Going to Be My Girl? You'll be surprised to hear. Uh, they were also nominated for Best New Artist and the Hotly Contested Best Editing Award, which all rock and roll bands want to win, don't they? Best Editing. It's the most uh, mate, rock and roll thing you can do. <laughs> you think fucking Bon Scott's rock and roll, mate? Well, you got the fucking best editing for our, <laughs> Edit? for our video. MTV thought our editing was the best. It's literally gone into Jermaine Cunningham. Yeah, um, also, interestingly, Renfrey, Get Born was the biggest selling album in Australia in 2004. Wow. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. But like I say, didn't always have particularly great critical response from people. Um, this is kind of the sparring match before... The full-blown knockout blow, I think. Pitchfork gave the album 3.7 in a review, which is actually less of an actual review of the album and more a kind of imagined conversation between a promoter and the band Jet themselves talking about how they're going, <laughs> how Jet are going to rock the crowd and how the crowd aren't going for it. And the promoter keeps saying, you need to do this. Your songs just sound like shitty versions of someone else. I, I'd like to read the whole thing. Should read, should read the whole thing, but it ends like this. Um... Oh, God, this is terrible. Jet, come here. Stop playing. Listen, you guys are not going over at all. I can count the people out there on one fist. You better bail out quick. 
Dude, I don't understand. We sound like everyone's favourite old rock bands. We have insipid lyrics. We say, come on, and oh yeah, every five seconds. We have no discernible identity, and we're from Australia. What could people possibly dislike about us? No idea, brah. Why don't you go and do one more song, like about how DJs aren't actually musicians, and how you don't, and how, um, and how you don't get how they pull tail. Oh, you mean roll over DJ, the one that goes, you've been playing other people's songs all night, right? Yes, that is exactly the song I'm talking about. Basically says, you sound like that, you sound like that, you sound like that, and then points out that Jet have a song going, oh, DJs just play other people's songs, which is quite ironic when they don't have a single solitary fucking idea <laughs> of their own in their own head, which is kind of accurate. It is a funny, is a funny uh, review. I was completely unaware of this, and I have to say, I mean, this is skipping ahead a bit, and I won't go into them, but... My notes for this album, for Shine On, were basically saying this song is a subpar version of this band. This song is a subpar version of this band. This song is a subpar version of this band. So this whole thing that they sound like a lot of other bands, but just worse versions of them, that seems to be a recurring theme. Yeah, it does. Um, I'm going to fess up now, Winfrey. Uh, I bought Get Born. Sorry about that, everyone. Yeah, dear. Bit depressing uh, that <laughs> I did that, and it did so well when I contributed to the success of a pretty bad album. Piece of shit. Yep. It is pretty bad. <laughs> 2003, could have been getting ready to buy race, race cars race car backwards. <laughs> nope. <clears throat> I'm going to buy Jet instead. Mm. Sorry about that, everyone. But you loved the album, though. No, 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 I didn't. No, that's the thing, is I got the album and I went, nothing's good on here is it <laughs> apart what? from cold hard bitch what um what possessed you to buy it did you did you really I, like are you gonna get uh are you gonna go my way and uh, I, I, I did like that yeah but it was yeah i thought i love lenny kravitz so much i'm gonna buy this australian <laughs> ripoff of him uh, um are you gonna be my girl did you re- did you really like that song or what, what was it i i didn't think i hugely liked it i just think that i kind of was in that place where I sort of wanted to still buy rock bands, but then I wasn't as interested in rock music around that time. It was getting to the point where I was less interested in it. And I just was like, oh, they've been getting good reviews and everyone's saying how good it is. And I mean, it didn't actually get that good reviews, but they seemed to be getting really big and stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll buy that and see what it's like. And because, you know, at that point, I liked Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. I liked the Hives. I liked the Strokes. I like the White Stripes. Yeah, yeah. The Datsuns I liked as well. So there's a load of that stuff that I actually quite liked. And I thought, oh, Jet are a bit more like that. So maybe they'll be good. And they're Australian as well. And I thought, oh, you know, Australia did have... Most Australian bands I'd heard, I actually thought were usually a bit better. Like Airborne come along a couple of years later. And I actually, again, Airborne, total ripoff of ACDC. Hmm. But their songs were fucking amazing. I really liked 28 Days. I really liked, you know, like The Living End when they first came out. I thought they were really cool. I, obviously Silverchair and... There was a lot of good stuff coming in, ACDC being a massive one as well. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I, Australia have quite a good pedigree for this kind of thing. So I thought maybe it'd be quite good. A bit posery though, wasn't it? A bit posery and a bit, just nothing, a bit wank. That's that's your review of the album? It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that is my review of it. Now, speaking of it sounding like loads of different things, Are You Gonna Be My Girl? One of the things that it got slagged off about, slagged off for the most was the fact that it sounds a lot, a lot like Lust for Life. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
the drum yeah the drum pattern yeah the drum pattern is very similar yes it's only the drum pattern though really like the rest of the song and the riff uh i guess so yeah 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 it's only the vocals that and even they're just not as good basically no no but i think they're sort of going for it um the drummer chris chester was very annoyed that people said that because he said it sounded like Motown. And he even, and I can imagine him doing this, saying that he went up to Iggy Pop and was like, tapped Iggy, why, they say my song sounds like yours. Tell him it doesn't. And Iggy Pop went, oh, no, it doesn't. Um, it, he said, it's funny, because I asked him about, point blank about that. He said I was crazy. He said that when he and David Bowie were writing Lust for Life, they were ripping off Motown's beat. It's funny that he said that to me, because we also thought we were ripping off Motown more than Lust for Life. To be honest with you, that kind of annoyed me a lot, because I always thought it was really lazy. People just go, well, Lust for Life is more well-known, so that's why they go for it. But if you listen to a song like You Can't Hurry Love by The Supremes, I think you'll find it's closer to Are You Gonna Be My Girl than Lust for Life ever was. And that's what Iggy said as well. It doesn't sound like You Can't Hurry Love, does it? Are You Gonna Be My Girl? It doesn't sound like that. No. And see, what Iggy Pop... When Iggy Pop and David Bowie got together and went, there's Motown, let's write a song in our world that is inspired by Motown, mm. they come out with Lust for Life. Mm. What you've done is just written a song mm. and then afterwards gone, everyone's gone, it sounds like Lust for Life. And you've gone, no, it doesn't. I actually listen to Motown. But, and you go, well, it doesn't sound like that, mate. You, I can see Lust for Life being inspired by Motown. I can see how the mind of like david bowie would go oh, i can take that and i can turn it into i can't see why jet would do that so it's a funny little thing he got a little he obviously got a little bit annoyed about it. he's even admitted that he got annoyed about it and what i will ask you to do listener is to remember that chris chester got annoyed at that because he likes to get annoyed oh right he will be getting really annoyed a little bit later oh great cool really really annoyed can't wait we should send him this episode we should do yeah we should <laughs> He wouldn't like that. Uh, around this period, the other thing that I said to you, so you said to me before we start recording this, I was like, oh, I haven't made any notes on this album yet, so I need to sort of like research it and stuff. And you were like, do you know what? I don't think you're going to find very much. And I said to you, well, I'm sure I'll be able to find some quote from them somewhere where they're saying we are the future of rock and roll, we're the best rock and roll band ever. Because you said they this all almost, said almost that. verbatim. You said this almost verbatim. They yes. all said it. All these fucking shit bands. We've already talked about Johnny Burrell from Razorlight mm. going, I'm like Bob Dylan, but just better looking and better. <laughs> None of those things are true. <laughs> and, and he's this insane comparison between himself and Bob Dylan. Um, you know, you could say the Hives did it in a kind of ironic way, which yeah, was a thing, right? It's a bit sort of part of the showmanship rather than the, you know whatever also you know obviously they're all doing it because oasis did it and they're like whatever oasis did it so we will do it as well we'll do it as well but they were all at it weren't they all these fucking bands we're the future rock and roll we're the greatest rock and roll band you're gonna ever hear we are the best a lot of misplaced confidence around that scene i think it's probably fair to say yeah a lot of cocaine habits i would imagine as well so i thought yeah so i thought to myself there's gonna be one somewhere and like fucking clockwork these pricks always deliver here's a good one during a show at the mcg in october 2005 nick chester declared loudly between songs that he considered jet to be up there with the greatest with fucking lennon and the stones i knew it 
I knew it. I knew they'd be absolutely delusional pricks. <laughs> like, I knew it. <laughs> and they are. Up there, the, the fucking Lennon. At what? Fucking badminton? <laughs> like, like, I'm assuming you don't mean music. I have to assume you don't mean music. <laughs> if you meant, like, oh, I beat them at Sabutio. Like, yeah, Maybe. I played Twister with Keith Richards and I won. I'm up there with Keith Richards. Like, yeah, fine. Not a music, mate. Up there with the greatest. Yeah. Jet with your song. Maybe maybe they've mistaken up there with the greatest with I have an ability to mimic, but nowhere near as well. Maybe that's what they mean. I listen to the greatest and I can recreate a very poor version of what <laughs> exactly. the greatest did 40 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, can you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, which wow. which seems to be the modus operandi of this entire project, <laughs> I would yeah. say. Certainly this album. Yeah. It's just absolutely mad. Absolutely mad. They were all saying it back then. Mm. I, I that's the first thing. Whenever we get one of these bands, I go, here we go. Comparing yourself to fucking Elvis or something. <laughs> here we go. Any minute now. I'm like David Bowie. Are you mate? I thought you were in the automatic. <laughs> Me and Prince are the same. Really, mate? You play drums in the future, don't you? What did you do after that? Anything? No. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. So anyway, um, after the success of that album, the band went to studio again with Dave Sardi. And the first single we released was Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is. with uh-huh. the out On the 18th of September, 2006, I watched a video for that. I wish I had something funny to say about it. They just look a bit... I don't know, they sort of look like scarecrows in a religious plane in a room. All right. Boring. Uh, and with the album coming a week later. So let's get into the reviews. It's not really a lot about the recording of the album, really. Mm-hmm. Probably just listened to fucking Exile on Main Street and What's the Story Morning Glory and then went do that in it. Do a bit like that, but not as good. I imagined. Um, <laughs> Rolling Stone gave the album three stars. It said there are two bands calling themselves Jet on this record. One is a 70s boogie brained Australian quartet that made the 2003 corker get born. The other has spent much of the time between opening for and hanging out with Oasis. I prefer the former and Jet doesn't, and that Jet doesn't show up or at least doesn't turn up all the way up until five tracks into Shine On with the hell-bent guitar and hammering drums rush of That's All Lies. The kind of change uh, charge keeps coming, but it's only in fits and starts between long stretches of booming balladry and acid-flavoured big guitar pop. The Oasis factor is all over the place. Dave Sardi, who produced the band's latest album, Don't Believe the Truth, does the honours here, and Jet's Beatlemania in Bring It On Back and the Paisley guitar chime of Come On, Come On is a lot like Noel Gallagher's spin on the 68 John Lennon. Spin gave the album two and a half stars and said it's when jet explore the territory between their load stars that they go from being decent mimics to inconsequential imitators ballads like the title track and eleanor make oasis seem deep wrote hard rockers like hey kids are just not worth thinking about then again since that song wittingly or not distills the industry philosophy into five words you never change the world maybe it is you couldn't find better evidence that two singles not love is all you need uh enemy gave the album seven out of ten calling it another 
joyfully old-fashioned rock and roll album immersed in the classics uh the guardian gave it three stars saying nobody's going to buy shine on expecting intellectual enlightenment it's trad rock ordinaire yet something lifts it out of the ordinary it's cheek maybe or it's freewheeling vitality or the occasional musical surprise it springs perhaps most appealingly given the current inhibitions of mainstream rock shine on doesn't appear to give on monkeys um <laughs> q gave it four stars can't find the review thus far doesn't really appear to be much in here that screams broken records really does it but no it's a fairly mixed response at this point but but nothing mm. that's like this record is awful you know yeah but here it is this is the moment you've all been waiting for i'm sure the real reason that this record is in here is the pitchfork review now i've already mentioned the pitchfork seven three point seven review yeah of get born they dropped that 3.7 to a 0.0 review out of 10 i would read you the review but there is no review to read there is no review to read it is just a a video embedded where the text should be a video of a monkey clasping its penis and urinating into its own mouth (laughs) i'm watching it right now and it's fucking brilliant that is one of the greatest like, smackdowns of an album <laughs> ever. I mean, it's unbelievably unprofessional. Yeah. It's, inc- it's incredibly harsh inac- and inaccurate on an album which is not very good, as we'll get into in a minute. Yeah. It's not very good. But it's not a monkey pissing. I mean, if, if if this album is a monkey pissing in its mouth, Lord only knows what that monkey is eating, and if to be the red to sum up the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> album. Well, yeah, quite. Which isn't even in Broken Records. Not yet. Um, oh well, I mean, looking I at mean, the, looking at the reviews, I don't think it will get into Broken Records. Oh yeah, unfortunately. Well, we'll talk about it we'll another about time. Yeah. yeah, it's fucking funny. It's fucking bold, and it's. I mean. It's just the sheer, like, how... D- <laughs> I don't know if I'm so impressed with it and I love it. because I, But... Because uh, I do. I think it's like... The, the, to get an album... Because you know what happens? You get your, your reviews editor will send you an album. We're going, oh, um, can you uh, do kind of 200 words on... Or like, I mean, a couple of albums for you here. Uh, or, you know, what do you think about Ramstein? Oh, yeah, I like him. Okay, cool, we'll... I'll send you over the album and uh, if we can get like for Tuesday, get 500 words. Mm. Just imagine this guy at Pitchfork being going, Do, can you review the new Jet album? And him being like, I don't really like them. Not really into them. Well, just knock up a quick review on it if you don't mind. <laughs> and him listening to this album and going, I have nothing to say about this album. If I have so little to say about it, I am just going to embed a video of a monkey pissing in its mouth. <laughs> to sum up this record yeah it's fucking amazing i would love to know the story behind um how it got up there i've just done a tiny little bit of digging clicked on um the writer a certain ray suzuki which does sound like a um you know possibly a uh a synonym no that's not what i mean at all a pseudonym (laughs) there we go um clicking on it They've only done two reviews. 
this shine on one and uh weirdly a, a look back at straight out of compton nwa uh which isn't a monkey pissing in its own mouth uh you'll be pleased to know <laughs> that well, you fucking fool, tell you what that would be if it was you would be in <laughs> big fucking i would be in big trouble it would be awful <laughs> yeah um but yeah, uh, a quick sort of Twitter search and a quick Google search uh, doesn't really reveal all that much. So I think it's a, uh, you know, it's probably something that they created, pro- yeah. possibly. Uh, oh well, the NWA review was first, but yeah, I don't know. But um, it, w- I'd love to know the story of <laughs> how how that happened. But it's it's a very funny joke, you know, and. It is. Uh, it's it's a brilliant it's, joke actually, and I can see it's a fucking great joke. I can it's see a great joke exactly why that band at that time became the butt of that joke. And despite I was saying this to you on the phone, despite all the shit that we have given Pitchfork in the past, it does justify its existence with this review and this review alone. I personally <laughs> think. Um, yeah. But it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, well, I'm, I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself, but yeah. Um, there's to be honest there are many there there are a lot of bands around this time that this joke could have been applied to Mm -hmm. i would say oh yeah loads and you know i think the other thing about it is i I don't want to be one of those people go oh remember when you could fucking slate a band and it would be fine you know actually going back to i mean i see neil kakani who i think is is a good writer um and we had his review for the enemy our first ever broken records that we ever did we had neil kakani's review of the enemy and he slated it he mm. absolutely and and sometimes when you really hate a band you fucking slate it like it is great to read um and you're like, uh, yeah, you know like they are fun to read yeah they are fun to read right and i've not really done many um but i did but i think when people go oh you used to be able to do that and you think well you still can like but I think it's how vitriolic you get with stuff, and also how like so for example, for an example, I um I was sent a metalcore band who sound like arch- a lot like like I was just like this is just fucking architects. This just sounds like you're shit architects rip off, right? And I didn't necessarily actually give the album a. I think I gave it like five out of ten. So I was like, it's not a bad album. It just sounds loads like arch- like a not as good version of architects, right? And in the f- and I went this sounds like architects hmm. so if you like architects and you can't you just cannot wait for a new architects album get this and in the for fans of bit that they do in hammer i put architects more architects and early architect and, and latter day architects yeah. and jonathan was standing back and he was like i uh, don't really we kind of look like we're taking a piss if we say that and i was like well yeah i mean i am taking a piss like there's, there's nothing there's nothing else for anyone to like that you could say that you because it just sounds like architects yeah. but he was like well you know put fucking somebody else's like there's, there's enough of them and there are enough of them so it didn't you know kind of didn't run in the end which is a bit of a shame but like i understand that magazines want to be as kind of they, they want to be as respectful as they can be to an artist for the most part right and did jet deserve that did jet deserve to be like you know a, a, a monkey pissing in its own mouth i mean we'll discuss in a second when we talk about the album but yeah like you say it could have been a lot of bands that this was applied to a lot of bands and i do sort of go i wonder like on one hand i think what a fucking fantastic 
joke. What, a, but it's it's so mean. Oh yeah, like, do you know what I mean? It's so fucking mean. But hey, you know, being mean to things is actually all right. It's actually quite funny sometimes. It is if you're listening, Will Smith. It's all right. You need to fucking get over yourself. Taking a being horrible is great, right? <laughs> being, hor- being horrible to things is fucking great. And That's if you're going to be your greed a, is good, you know. It is, yeah. Good. Being horrible to things is br- it's brilliant. Taking a piss out of stuff is great. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 really. Can you not tell like the, how much I'm enjoying doing this? <laughs> And if you were super, super, actually, like, you know, not everything, obviously. I'm not going to yeah. fucking, like, go up to a homeless person and go, ha ha. But, but Jet, like, come on. Jet a fair game. Yeah, I think Jet a pretty, a relatively fair game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they'd had an absolutely seismic hit. Um, yeah, I think. You're punching up, aren't you? 365 million listens to their yeah. fucking Lust for Life ripoff. <laughs> Sorry, Motown ripoff. Sorry, <laughs> Motown ripoff. Yes. It's a fucking Motown song, mate. It's not fucking Lust for Life. It is, mate. It's Lust for Life. It's just not as good. Yeah. Anyway. Apologies to Australia again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come, come over and slap me, Australia. I dare you. <laughs> Stop picking fights with our listeners. <laughs> I actually, I'm not picking fights with our listeners. I'm just an Australian listeners. Um, and I'm not picking fights with them either. I just like doing that. I lived in Australia. I can do the accent. And if any of our listeners are listening in Australia and they're like, I used to like you guys, but Jet are national heroes and I won't have this. Like, that would be really weird, right? That would be pretty weird. <laughs> that would be bizarre. Yeah, I'd be stunned we're not shitting on kylie or no. you know, paul hogan or someone like that do you know what i mean <laughs> paul hogan oh paul hogan paul yeah. hogan um but it became such a uh a huge review such a sort of like infamous review that slant magazine actually referenced that review in their own review kind of confirming that the most interesting thing about that record this record <laughs> Is that review? They said the Pitchfork Snotterati would have you believe that Jet's sophomore album Shine On is a sonic equivalent of a monkey slurping its own piss <laughs> straight from the tap. Derivative, uninspired, and strange, sure. But I wasn't struck with any Europhagic urges after giving it a spin. Besides, didn't those guys hear Pharrell's solo album? If anything, I felt a little sorry for these Australian lads since Shine On confirms their fluke status. Don't know what Pharrell's got to do with this, to be honest. But there you go. Um, it went in at number three on the Australian album chart, not mm-hmm. number one. Number three went on to sell seventy thousand copies in Australia. Was certified platinum. Fine. Bit of a drop off from eight times platinum. I suppose that's what happened when your album is just a monkey pissing in its mouth. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> expect not everyone's going to get on board with that. But no. it did go to number 13 in the UK and number 16 in the US, which is a bit of a climb, mm-hmm. although it never was certified in either territories. Mm-hmm. Classic one album, one drop off, essentially. Yeah, more or I'm less. Saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, it didn't do too bad, did it? But it was a major, major drop off compared to the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's all the preamble. Renfrey, what do you think of. A monkey pissing in its own mouth by Jit. <laughs> Jit. <laughs> well, I think what we have basically set up here is that the only reason really why this album is in here is down to that Pitchfork review. And whilst it was 
so irritating at the time having so many of these bands just come through time and time again you know the answer to that question of like is it fair that jet got it well yes and no because they were one of many i don't think they were the worst i mean based on this album i don't think they were the worst at all to be totally honest um i i'd only really was aware of are you going to be my girl before listening to this record in terms of jit songs that i knew um but i don't like now not only am i aware that there are other, there are other jet songs out there i don't even... you're a massive fan no, <laughs> i wouldn't go that far but i don't think that are you gonna be my girl is jet's best song anymore which you know i didn't really expect to say going into this now that's hardly huge praise because i described are you gonna be my girl's like it's fine it's all right um but it's a win of sorts for Jet, I suppose. Um, I guess really the key word here is derivative, isn't it? It's just very derivative of quite a lot of stuff. But to give them credit, at least it's deriv- derivative of good stuff, you know? Um, I did say before that, like, I went proper through... Proper music, isn't it? Proper, proper music, proper music isn't it? <laughs> my, first, my first three notes were basically, this song sounds a bit like this this song sounds a bit like that this song sounds a bit like that so i went on and saw how many of the songs i could do that for just you know with one listen was it all of them it was most of them yeah you know so i've you, that opening song which is a total waste of time l'esprit de escalier yeah 29 seconds oh, it's 23 seconds according to the wikipedia entry i mean it's so oh. short and it's just it it's kind of a weird Beatles-esque intro thing, but like a little bit unnecessary. It kind of loops back to that at the end, but you know, I think they needed even longer to set it up if that was actually going to work. Holiday sounded like subpar Datsuns, I thought. Put your money where your mouth is is subpar ACDC. Uh, Bring It On Back had a pretty nice slide guitar country and western feel to it but it was a little bit darker than country and western which kind of reminded me of the grunge era of Sheryl Crow you know when she released her debut album I was like this could have Mm -hmm. been on that record it would have been an album track but it could have been on that Hey Kids is subpar The Monkeys King's Horses is subpar Neutral Milk Hotel (laughs) Shine On is subpar Oasis as is come on come on a lot is subpar oasis a lot stand up is subpar zz top and then they finish off the record i've missed out a few but they finish off the record on all you have to do uh going back to the subpar beatles thing that's where that loop back comes so yeah you know and that's that's like half the record but it very much did feel like and every single one of them reminded me of a better band and reminded me of something you know made me go i want to listen to that band rather than this band having said all of that the songs themselves are f- fine i i don't i don't believe that this is a broken record at all really i think it's just a, a relatively a relatively dull plodding one um that it's got its moments where you're like oh that's a nice little bit there or that's very authentically rolling stones there's quite a few times where the vocalist i can't remember his name now um does like nick nick chester nick chester he does a very good mick jagger at points or or well very good it's it's, it sounds relatively authentic as good as what the one i did (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
but there's but certainly there that swagger and yada 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 there wasn't a single thing on the record that i listened to and went fuck me this is terrible not the one. lyrics uh the lyrics were pretty keep this dead fish in my hand <laughs> on holiday <laughs> That one passed me by. I kind of felt... Like, that's the, all lies. There's a bit in That's More Lies where he says, smack me with a pinball. <laughs> what are you on about? At least they're a bit different. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't... I, yeah, I, there was def, there's a lot of stuff on here that where lyrically I was like, this is absolute nonsense. But like... Everyone, everyone laughed at all the things that you said, all the king's horses and all the king's men. Nah. Nah. But, you know, it's it's kind of Oasis levels, isn't it? In terms of terrible lyrics, like, you know. Hey, man, you got to understand, I've got the world in my two hands. <laughs> that is a threat. That was, <laughs> that bad, made my eye roll. Oh, was yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are bad lyrics, but uh, even then, I, would, I wouldn't say... I mean, dreadful. At least, at least there's no kind of like awful misogyny in the, there or anything like the that. Fish. Yeah, the holding the fish is a bad line. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it is bad. very bad. Yeah. yeah, but there's one called Skin and Bones, which really sounds like the faces in Rod Stewart, which I was surprised. At. Did you say Skin and Bones? Did you mention that? I didn't, but no, I, yeah, okay. I'm I mean, that, with that, you on that. Why like, yeah. that? It sounds just like the face. It's really trying to be the faces. Don't push it, baby. Don't go too far. I love you just the way that you are. <laughs> like, oh god, that's like are you 13. Don't do that. It's awful. Um, Stand up sounds like something Lenny Kravitz would write if he was f- way too horny for his own good. <laughs> like if Lenny Kravitz hadn't had a wank for like 10 days and he was like, I'm going to write a song. Just him thrusting against the table, fucking his own guitar. <laughs> like that's what that's, I was like, oh, put it away. God. Too much. Yeah. I mean, look, it's just one of those sort of boring, unmemorable albums, isn't it? It is. Sounds like a shitty Oasis, a shitty Aerosmith, shitty Beatles, shitty Stones, shitty Lenny Kravitz. Like, it's just, there's, like, it's, you're right. Is it broken? Is it, is it a disaster? It's not a disaster. It's just, it's just utterly pointless. Yeah, it's pretty pointless. Um, But I, I think, I mean, this is a minor spoiler for ranking a little bit later but i do feel that it's it does feel like the strongest record that we have covered from this period (sighs) maybe i think i'm going to argue a few when we get there actually because i'm not sure that i entirely agree with that but certainly i mean the big one there is one isn't there but we always go and we've already mentioned him, Razor Light. Razor Light. This is I. And this this is, is better than Razor. I would have this over Razor Light, undoubtedly. So we can already easy, in terms of ranking, easy. Like low, there's yeah. no way this would get below Razor Light. There's just a lot of sort of like, what is this? It's, I'm bored now. Like, oh mm. come on. Mm. But you know what? Are they, they they've got no ambition to like. Surely they've got. I mean, well, they think they're as good as John Lennon. I mean, like, what do you think Daryl Palumbo would say to Jet? think you're fucking John Lennon you're not fucking John Lennon (laughs) but anyway yeah I mean look there's so little to say about this record everything sounds like something else it sounds like Jet and Jet sound like a load of fucking old bands that's what that's what all these bands sounded like at the time Mm. Um, we'll rank it in a little bit but yeah you know some of the lyrics are awful it's way too long I mean again like fuck me 15 songs because I we stopped halfway through I was listening halfway through and we, we actually were recording something else and I was like oh I'm nearly finished listening to it 
I was on King's Horses track seven, and I scrolled down. And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm not even halfway through." Yes, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It, so it's too long. It's too 52 long. Two minutes. Although I did see that it was fifty-two minutes, and like you know, my heart sank, my entire body sank actually. But um, I was surprised at how you know in compa- in comparison to other broken records we've Phil done. Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, I was it surprised. Says on the Wikipedia says plays it says 48 minutes and 26 so there's a very confusing thing with it um one of the songs uh the one that sounds like the monkeys hey kids is only on the north american versions um but that Mm. seems to be the version that's up on streaming sites north american and japanese versions sorry yeah okay but i mean whether it's 15 tracks 14 tracks it's too long too long but i didn't find it like agonizingly boring i found it a bit dull but I didn't find it agonizingly boring. And there's plenty of records that we have done as part of Broken Records where I've just been like, please end. There was no point during this record that I was desperate for it to end. No. I, I was I was bored. You but could have I stopped was... saying there was no point to this record. <laughs> well, that's true as well. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking at positives. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, the band, still with the aftermath, and then we'll rank it. The band played the MTV Europe and Music Awards in Copenhagen in 2007. Um, Chester had some throat problems, so he couldn't really tour this album properly. And this was the first gig that they had done for ages doing that. I couldn't find it, unfortunately. Uh, they also played those Rolling Stones dates at the O2. Wow. Citation needed. <laughs> the song Rip It Up was used as the theme for Summer Slam 2007. Oh, right. Citation needed. Oh, right. Uh, so we don't really know. That. I mean, probably was. Probably. In 2009, the band released their third and final album, Shaka Rock, which I have never heard or heard of. Mm, same. It didn't even come with the snarky Pitchfork review, but it does have a Metacritic score of 51 out of 100. Went to number five in Australia. Once again, going platinum. Went to number 27 in the US and number 53 in the UK. So at this point, it's done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when we say, oh, and then it got there and it went down and down. We've we've done this a few times and we've seen like the drop off is always massive. And that, it's not even the most massive one because they went from number five to number three. Sorry, from number one to number three to number five in Australia, mm. where they went from number um, like 26 to 16 in the US to 27 in the US. So they went, higher and it went lower again in the uk they went from like i think it was 16 to 15 but then down to 53 which is not great so the uk kind of dropped them maybe a bit more than kind of anyone else but yeah you know it dropped it was definitely a record which i knew nothing about whatsoever and um and actually i mean interestingly i mean i don't know maybe 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 we put the wrong record in although we wanted to talk about that pitchfork review didn't we um but um uh, it's got a lower score on Metacritic than Shine On does than this record. Mm. Wow, okay. Uh, they carried on touring for a bit. They supported Green Day at one point, apparently, around this time. Fucking hell. Wow. Jet on that, Jet on their third album and Green Day on Unos, Dos and Trey. Oh. Sounds like a long, long fucking night, that. That sounds like a long night to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where, if I go to hell, you just drop me in the fucking... <laughs> photography pit of that tied up at the front of that <laughs> for eternity with like jet coming on and then going off and then green day coming on and then jet coming back on and green day coming back on for all eternity that is my idea of hell good 
Uh, but in 2012, they put out this message on their Facebook page. A message to our fans. After many successful years of writing, recording and touring, we wish to announce our discontinuation as a group. For the many pubs, theatres, stadiums and festivals across the world, it was the fans that made our amazing story possible. And we wish to thank you, thank them all. Thank you and good night. So Jet, 2012, they split up. And... Gutted. Yeah. Don't be too gutted there, Renfrey. Because they did go and reform uh, for four years later. Mm. <laughs> four fucking years? Yeah. So I don't even know about this. You've got to wait longer than four years, you dickheads. <laughs> Especially when you've got one song. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. You can't go, guys are splitting up. Everyone's like, who are you again? Well, <laughs> we're going though. We're splitting up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I sort of know that song. See you later. Go on, off you, off you fuck. Four years later, we're back. You remember when we said we'd go on? Well, we're back. No one gives a shit, mate. No one cares about this. Ridiculous. Um, well, they seem to. Um, I mean, I've just looked up the tour that they did, and they were basically playing "Get Born" in full. Obviously, yeah. They played. They they played it in full. They taught in 2018. They toured it, right. playing it in full. And Chris Chester, the drummer. Uh, decided he was going to play guitar with his brother at the front so he they got a new drummer and he played guitar oh right so you know arrogant um, <laughs> I don't have much going on basically mm. uh, Chris Chester actually released a solo album in 2018 and Slate magazine tried to get him to talk about the Pitchfork review when they did a feature in 2018 which we have mentioned before about Pitchfork 0.0 reviews we spoke about it on the Liz Fair episode if you want to go back and listen to that we said yep. there's an article interviewing various people talking about oh, you know, how yes. it was for them with blah 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 and um, uh, he didn't want to talk about it he said Chris is in LA and available but Chris has a lot on at the moment and I'm not sure it's good timing so we will give it a miss sorry mate is the response that he got back when he reached out to Chris Jester the, the guy writing the article so the record um, has been sort of dwarfed by this review. This mm. review is so infamous that it completely dwarfs the record, I think. Yeah. I'm struggling to think of any review that has defined an album as much as this one. I mean, I was going to say that the Rolling Stone rev- um, review of Self-Portrait by Bob Dylan that we spoke about was something that people mentioned a lot. But really, like that has pretty much been forgotten and it's bob dylan as well you know it's bob dylan and he's gone on, he's gone on to be bob yeah. dylan yeah and he was already sort of bob dylan bob when they dylan, did yeah. that yeah. i mean the pitch the this fair pitchfork one was quite a kind of you know infamous one as well i'm sure we're trying to make as many robert christigou uh reviews as infamous as possible but you know I, i've hardly you know dwarfing the work of Tori Amos or Deftones or Radiohead quite yet mm-hmm. but um, this review is so definitive of this album it's all I knew about this album same. was this review same it's all I knew and I and there are about you know I went on there's forums and message boards and stuff I mean on Reddit there's about 30 threads talking about this review <laughs> from various people with and they go on and on and on and all manner of opinions about oh good haha it's funny how bad jet are or how bad pitchfork are and how they're snobs or how bad people are on either side for getting worked up about it and it just seems to go on and it kind of it actually came back up last year when pitchfork on their Instagram page posted a picture of the review and sort of said, you know, no one 
if if you know you know or something mm-hmm. phoebe bridges commented phoebe bridges you like phoebe bridges? i love phoebe, phoebe bridges, bridges yeah she, she's great yeah you're gonna want to defend her uh, honor in a second phoebe bridges came back to comment that she says i think about this review every day that was all she said <laughs> right. right yeah didn't say anything good or bad about that's all she said and chris jester chimed in oh he didn't like that he didn't like that this was just after phoebe bridges had done her um her saturday night live performance that she did last year okay and he said i think i saw you on saturday night live recently it was really cool didn't you smash your guitar or something it was a huge statement dangerous if you gave it to someone who had something to say it might have changed someone's life it's tough out there best of luck to you snarky cunt isn't he what a little prick yeah what fucking a prick. hell and there were uh something like 278 replies to chris chester uh basically stuff phoebe bridges took the high road and didn't respond mm. to this guy yeah. but chris chester basically spent the next three days uh going oh. mental at people for calling him a cunt so you know 15 down the li- years down the line chris if you're listening You've taken this really badly. You've taken this. Re- <laughs> You've taken this really badly. He told someone that he didn't want to reply to him because he didn't want to get too close to them because being an asshole is contagious. <laughs> and then after about a day, and people were going, "Mate, give it up." He did the whole. No, I find this really funny. No, 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 no. Getting stressed out, me? No, I'm laughing. Mm-hmm. I think this is really funny. No, no, you got it all wrong. You don't get my mad humour. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm a nutter. You just, you get, you'll get my mad humour. I'm a mad, I'm just, I'm mucking around. You guys are square. You don't get my mad humour. So, um, I don't know. They've done a 15 year anniversary of Get Born. Maybe they should do a 15 year anniversary show of, not of this album, but of the review of this album. They can just turn up, play it on a screen and then sort of look at it and go, what, what's that about? And get really annoyed and point at it and go, for fuck's sake. I'd I'd go to that. (laughs) Brixton Academy. (laughs) <laughs> just chris jester going why are they why why have they done that <laughs> like 15 years down the line what's that about why are they done that mate fucking what sort of fucking review is this mate it's not a fucking review mate it's a fucking some chimp pussing in his mouth for fuck's sake like <laughs> pussing in his mouth <laughs> pussing in his fucking mouth i don't know where he's from now he's just swallowing <laughs> his own tongue you talking about? yeah brilliant brilliant <laughs> I'd love to see that. You would. Mm. Jet responding to a bad review in full. That's a 15 tour. year anniversary. <laughs> On tour. <laughs> Sell as many tickets as Ed, Ed Sheeran would at Wembley Stadium. <laughs> would go. Would go to that. Brilliant. Okay, cool. Uh, anyway, just an idea, Chris. Yeah. You know, look, we all get annoyed about stuff, don't we? You'll get annoyed. Yeah, but, you know. It's 15 years ago. Mm. Let it go. Where are we going to rank this, Renfrey? Where are we going to stick this record? I'm proposing it quite uh, low on the list. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Lenny Kravitz earlier in relation to embarrassing lyrics. And... They're not quite as bad as Lenny Kravitz, are they? Well, no, they're not as bad as Lenny Kravitz. And that Lenny Kravitz album was way more boring than this one, I think. So, I mean, that's at 41. I think feel it should go much, much lower than that. Um, 
I think, oh man, I mean, I, I, I feel like it's quite a lot lower than that, actually. I'm sort of looking now around cute is what we aim for, rotation, like a record which there's nothing particularly wrong with it, but there's not an awful lot going on with it either. Yeah. Which feels I mean, right for this, maybe. Yeah. I, I, look, I mean, Cyberpunk's a weird one because that is too long and mm. it's quite bad in a lot of places, but I think Cyberpunk's definitely more interesting than this. And I think Melodia by The Vines is a similar sort of thing but at least Melodia's shorter. You know, Melodia was a lot shorter. And I remember sort of being like, this is just kind of nothing in it, this this Vines album. And I sort of feel like that about Jet. I mean, I look at Van Halen 3 and I think, yeah, there's prob- massive problems with Van Halen 3. Yeah. Massive problems. And I don't think there's... I mean, when we go down, you know, American Life by Madonna, Umagoma by Pink Floyd, Results May Vary, Trey by Green Day, Primitive Call by Mick Jagger, Black and White Rainbows by Bush, yeah, Van Halen 3... Yeah, there's 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 real clear problems with all of them. Mm-hmm. There's no clear problem with this. I do think cute is what we aim for. Just for brevity, is probably a bit better. I think cyberpunk. You know, we're giving cyberpunk a bit of a higher rating on the strength of it being a bit more innovative. And then, so for me, it's a straight shootout between this and Melodia by the Vines. I would say. I well, just to go back to the Billy Idol thing, it is it's more innovative and it's more ambitious, I guess, but it, it fails more as well. I mean, yeah. you could argue if this was just an album which was meant to like recreate a bunch of their heroes and like you know do versions of those songs, like not as good, but versions of those songs, then it kind of achieves that. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I, I, I mean, the way, the place I was thinking was between Cyberpunk and Cute is What We Aim For, rotation between the Billy Idol album and Cute is What We Aim For, which would put it at 57. Um, mm. I think... I guess, yeah. No, go on, what are you thinking? I guess just because there is that one song, Shock to the System, that I really like on the Billy Idol album. There's nothing on this album that I like. Okay. I actually like Shock to the System. I think it's quite good. I'm happy to put... I mean, I, I'm, I'm not bothered at going above um, putting it in between The Vines and Billy Idol. That's totally fine with me. I, I, I do, do prefer why... this to The Vines, I will say, personally. Like I could probably couldn't tell them apart, to be honest. But... It, <laughs> yeah, probably is quite hard, but I... Mm, do I prefer to The Vines? I mean, it, it, it definitely feels like it should be with the vines. It, it kind of feels like it's, you know. I'll put it above the. I'll put it. I'll put it above the vines. Okay. So it's number fifty-six. No number fifty-six. There it is. It goes in. Shine on by Jet, or you know, the monkey having a piss in its own mouth album, <laughs> as I like to. Well, not just me. Everyone likes to think of it i'm just trying to get one i've got about 500 in my hand here renfrey ha, we don't want to do 500 broken records in one week that would be mad oh god oh, i hate these ones do you know what i mean what like is... what are we gonna say about this finding beauty in negative spaces by seether oh <laughs> hell fucking what's that about south african post grunge band yeah all right it's not gonna be that it's not gonna be that interesting is it but there's me bigging up still tune in next week definitely do tune in <laughs> it'll be amazing who knows who knows it might be something really good uh, we will be talking about see the finding beauty in negative spaces don't really know much about that band so I don't really have a lot to say as a uh, instant reaction to it but I'll tell you what I'm quite glad that this time next week 
we won't ever have to think about Caesar ever again. Yeah, they they they, they were like second or third generation grunge band, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm yeah yeah. Mm. One of them kind of uh, radio US radio rock bands, although yeah, they're South African. Anyway, we'll be talking about them next week. Hope you've had a nice time. Why not celebrate by um, having a lovely piss into your own mouth? <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed this show, don't do that. Don't do that. No, you shouldn't do that. I wonder what that monkey... This is the other thing we didn't mention. What was that monkey playing at? Well, monkeys do that, don't they? Do they? Ah, I think they piss in their own mouths, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I've seen footage of (laughs) one... That's what I'm basing it on. Look, I don't want to get too fucking... I don't want Twitter to cancel me and be like, hashtag not all all monkeys. (laughs) But... Do all monkeys piss in their mouth? Or did is that a video of one weird monkey pissing in his mouth? I, I, I believe it's quite common amongst the monkey populace that they do piss in their mouths. I think that is a thing, yeah. I mean, if you go to some corners of the internet, humans piss in their mouths as well. Yeah, they do, but that's... But they're not the... They're the exception to the rule, aren't they? They are the exception, yeah. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. I'd say so. I mean, look, we can do a quick Google search. Do monkeys piss in their own mouths if you'd like? Yeah, do it on your computer, mate. That's fine. Not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, the first thing that comes up is the YouTube video of the monkey pissing in its own mouth. In fact, there's a few. uh, There's a few of those. But there is a Reddit forum. Do monkeys often do this? If so, is there a scientific reason for it? Uh, Has anyone given it a serious answer not by the looks of it <laughs> so it's still so you just carry on slandering monkeys mate you carry on you crack on absolutely slandering monkeys yeah, for, it goes because on. one monkey pissed in his mouth and you say videos of monkeys pissing it's the same monkey they just follow the same monkey and they keep pissing his own mouth yes you say yes to that no I didn't, no, didn't. alright you nodded your head no no, I didn't say yes to that. I didn't mean it. Okay. That's quite an odd way to end the show. Isn't it? <laughs> but, we are, but we are going to end the show now. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week with Seether. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>